This is the A. I'm Reg Clay. And Jake Fogg. <laughs> this is the A where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay! <laughs> Uh, we are sponsored, as always, by Central Works, a new play theater headed up by Gary Graves and Jan's Leifler. Central Works, reinventing theater one play at a time. We want to thank Central Works for sponsoring us and our wonderful consulting producer, Mallory Samara. The voice you hear is Jake Fong. Uh, we had him on, I forget what episode it was, but you and I, we participated in the Baldwin Project. Yes. And um, I asked you to be a special guest since Norman is still doing uh, the, ma- um, well, he's rehearsing for the Maskers, and I think you're in the Maskers. I'm in the Maskers. West. And also, he is uh, doing uh, the Mime Troupe. Yes. Go check out that show, uh, uh, Back to the Way Things Were. It's an amazing show uh, that Norman is part- participating in. He plays four different characters. Yeah, he's and it's killing really, it. It's really <laughs> remarkable just seeing the fast transitions and seeing him come on as a completely different person. So that run goes until September. And yeah, I am just extremely ecstatic to be here. So thank you for inviting me, Reg. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Thank you so much. And also our fantastic guest, Hyungji Kim. Thank you so much. You are a stage. You were our stage manager for when we did Inai Dallas's world famous lechon at Bindlestiff. Kim, how are you doing today? Great, great. Uh, I'm just so- going to pull your mic just a little bit closer. There I go. see. Is it all right? Yeah, that's perfect. Okay, cool. <laughs> Uh, I'm a little nervous. Oh, yeah, you shouldn't be. <laughs> there's like a whole gear set of the, the professional micro- microphone. and uh, Yeah, it's a little scary. No, 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 it's fine. And the thing about the yay is, you know, we've had uh, directors on it, uh, yeah. associ- you know, uh, owners of theaters. We've had actors. We've had stage. Uh, we've had um, um, uh, directors. We've had playwrights um, too, as playwrights well. as well. And we want to get a perspective on what you know what it is. And it's been a long time since we had a stage manager, someone who is sort of behind the scenes. We had Jennifer yeah. Daly on several years ago, who had been a stage manager of many, many of the plays that I've done. Oh. And um, <clears throat> we had um, uh, Norman had brought in a person who does sound design. I brought in a guy, Greg Sharpen, who is a fantastic guy at Central Works who does that sort of stuff. So it's important to know all of the aspects of the theater. And Kim, you've been just fantastic uh, as a stage manager. And now I believe you're, are you stage managing now for um, Shotgun Players? Yeah, I'm a uh, assistant uh, stage manager okay. at Shotgun right now for a show called Men of God. Wow, Ooh. that is fantastic. That's a great and title. And Shot- Shotgun is a wonderful place to oh, yeah. uh, to work. And I'm so glad that uh, they hired you. That's, that's amazing. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um I usually open it up. I usually ask Norman, how was this week? I'm going to ask you, Jake, how have you been? You're about to get married. I'm oh. about to get married. Uh, 364 days, exactly. Yeah, so, well, a year. Wow. But that's okay. A year, exactly. So we missed it by one day. But at the same time, you know, I've been so grateful and just, you know, it's interesting, actually. I've been on this kind of kick of analyzing my life with kind of a... Uh, Riding a wave, you know, kind of like surfing. I've actually never been surfing before. Mm-hmm. And yet there's an admiration to it because when I see surfers out on the waves, they will flow with the wave. They will ride the wave. And then when they crash, they kind of pop up right out of the water, <laughs> yeah. right? And then they have this long, beautiful flowing hair for the most part. Uh-huh. And they're just kind of like, well, I fell off. It's time to get right back on. Yeah. So I've had this amazing ride, as a matter of fact, as I've been moving from my current home into a duplex that I own in Berkeley. Mm-hmm. And it's been quite a... Right, of just, you know, moving all this stuff in, purging things. Yeah. Now, is that the two of you 
moving together? Is that That's what the two of us moving together. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah, we. I, I own a home in um, the upper hills of Kensington. Actually, uh, Crystal uh, Brown, who was the guest host last week, yeah. she had mentioned that she was actually at the Kensington Amphitheater. And I was just like, oh, I know that place, and mm-hmm. I wish I could check it out. So it's fascinating to me how like so interconnected things can be and just how you, if you keep on listening to things, you find out little quirks and little things that are just so yeah. exciting. But anyway, yeah, um, I'm moving from my home into my duplex currently. So that's been quite an epic journey. Um, mm-hmm. And honestly, I've just been feeling the gratitude of staying connected with people. As I mentioned mm-hmm. on the podcast that I was actually a guest on, where you're sitting, actually, Kim, um, I have this wonderful thing that I actually I check in with people on Fridays, and I haven't done that. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've been busy, but you really have been. Very few people... You know, people say, oh, I've got friends, or and of course on Facebook or on Twitter or whatever, you may have, you know, so many friends on there, but how many times do you actually talk to them mm-hmm. every single day or week or whatever? They're just, you know, sort of numbers. But every now and then you have someone who just says, hey, how are you doing? And they don't want something. You know, usually mm-hmm. you get that, hey, how are you doing? Oh, by the way, I need can this Can you help thing. me with this? <laughs> yeah, can you help me with this? I like, like need your help with this right, or exactly. that. But you have been consistently, Jay, I'm just checking in. How are you doing? That's, oh, that's all. Sweet. Yeah. That's all. And I think especially the pandemic definitely helped bring that out of me a lot more because it uh, uh, felt like, you know, we were all kind of screens on a box or anything like that. Right. right. We were all just kind of numbers, as you were saying, Reg, in terms of like a number on Facebook. Oh, this is friend number 267 or what sure, have you. Sure. Whereas now we're all people, right? And so mm-hmm. it's be- it's better to actually try to connect as people. I've always felt that through my life. So Yeah. I was going to ask you. I mean, the whole concept, because I, you know, being a, a bachelor, I've been a bachelor for a long time, mm-hmm. and I've mm-hmm. said to myself, you know, if I ever get a woman in my life that I'm going to live with again, that's going to be a big transition. Has it been a big transition for you just as far as sharing your space and changing the way things are? I mean, it's, 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 it can be, you want to think it's a flowery, wonderful thing, but sometimes... Totally. Everybody wants to think it's a flowery, wonderful thing to be, you know, oh, I'm in love. This is my happily ever after. Uh, no. <laughs> right? I That's mean, so real. it's so real. I mean, when you share a space with somebody, you have to learn to authentically communicate and speak from a place that's honest for yourself. That's where I really feel from. So even when I have my aggro moments or moments where I just fly off the handle because I'm like, oh, damn, I'm so mad. And it doesn't sound as rosy as that, right? But at the same time, I I definitely say to myself, you know, like, okay, I still love this person because of what they bring to my relationship, what they bring to how I feel about Mm -hmm. them. And... I've been a bachelor even a long time too. As Reg and I were catching up on the patio, yeah, I was I was definitely one of those type of people where it was just like you know maybe the single life is for me and will continue to be that way throughout my lifetime. And then sure enough, you know I meet my wonderful fiance and she just threw a munch- monkey wrench <laughs> into my plans. <laughs> a wonderful monkey a wonderful wrench, monkey. yeah. So you know this is someone who I definitely see myself spending the rest of my life with yeah. and sharing that space yeah. with. And, and that's it's a nice it trial run because if it does derail, I mean, God forbid. I hope God that it holds, but at least you won't have to, do, you know, call a lawyer and you know do divorce papers and all that sort of stuff. You have the trial run right now. It's funny, growing from. I think both of us come from a religious background. Exactly. From, um, me, the Black Baptist Church, mm. where you know it's like don't live in sin now. Right. And I'm one to believe. You know, you really do have to test 
to make sure that everything's okay before you make serious commitments. I've very much been that way myself in terms of that. Uh, yeah. I, my father was definitely very spiritual and definitely an, the other side of my family. Uh, some of them yeah. were actually Sunni Muslim. And, and your dad is Asian. Your, my dad is Asian. Just uh, Chinese, right? Chinese. That's correct. And yeah, and and he was never brought up Catholic or Christian or anything like that. I, maybe in a very early point in his life, for all I remember, they, they thought, you know, like God fearing and things like that or mm-hmm. adhere to the Christian lifestyle. And he very much knew that 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 was not the lifestyle for for him, and he knew that wasn't the lifestyle for me either. Mm-hmm. And so that's where it brought us to more humanitarian things. Yeah, and living with people and actually being present to them when you're actually with them, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the important f- parts of life. Yeah, I feel we're talking too much, Kim. You can always <laughs> join. <laughs> no, this is very Please interesting. Do. I can relate a lot of things that you said about how moving in it just you know, all of a sudden it becomes so real, you know, mm. like, although you're still in the honeymoon stage, but living together is completely different from, yeah. um, you know, the stage before. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and have you been going with th- through that yourself? Yeah. Uh, my partner and I moved in together early this year. Okay. Oh, wow. So I did have that stage. We did have that stage, what you mentioned, like, it's not always like sunshine and, sure. you know, butterflies, but uh, definitely it's a process to mm. like, it brings up, uh, a lot more communication it yes. opens up a new stage where we can build a different type of trust and yes. safe you know building safe place for each other to be honest oh i like and, that yeah and also like yeah like just basic rules too you know house chores those are very little things but that yeah, can but, get but very they do mean intense lot, lot. yes they, yeah. they can be intense absolutely yeah. Yeah. would you say that it's kind of one of those like you prefer things a certain way or versus you know making sure that the chores are done evenly between each other yeah exactly and it's like such a little thing that you feel like oh i don't want to say that i don't want to seem mm. like so you know like yeah but it can build up if you don't if you keep it all in that's yeah. another thing too it's being able to communicate in a healthy way exactly Exactly. And like, yeah, just feeling safe, you know, making sure like both parties feel safe, you know, Mm. to be honest. Yeah. So and if you have that mentality of because some folks are a bit, I don't want to say narcissistic, but, you know, more about me. It's like, you know, like in a relationship, you can either be, hey, what can you give to me? Mm-hmm. Or you could be the other way. What can I give to that person? And I don't want to hurt that person's feelings or I want to be sensitive to that. But you also want to be sure that you don't be you aren't taken advantage of. Exactly. Right. That you're not sacrificing yourself for the for the priority of that other person. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, there have been some current events. Um, so there have been massive floodings in St. Louis and Kentucky. I think mm-hmm. eight people died in Kentucky. You know, that's yeah. been bad. Climate change. I mean, seriously, I mean, last week we talked about. There's a hundred some odd degrees all over the United States, except for the Bay Area. You know, we've been a bit privileged, but, <clears throat> you know, we, I guess, I don't know, we have to deal with, you know, this whole climate change thing. I even mentioned that. I don't know if you guys heard from the last episode that if the world gets 1.5 degrees Celsius I more, there's going to be, you know, melting of the ice caps and all of that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. And they say that they were, scientists had been saying that it's going to happen in 2100 now they've elevated it to seven years. Exactly. Are you worried about climate change? Do you, is, is it on the front of your mind, Kim? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I see it. It's The mm. world is not the same as at the place that I was growing up, you know, when I was little. I was hang out, like, by the... In Korea, yeah, I was, like, hanging out by this, like, little stream, you know, like, catching those little bugs and, like, little frogs and, yeah. like, you know, hang, but 
they don't exist anymore. We oh, don't oh get my to, goodness. Yeah, we don't get to see that often. Yeah, like, yeah there are species are, that are dying out. I hadn't thought about that. That's yeah, the hit, it to, hit to the ecosystem, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. from that little thing to all that, yeah, climate changes that we we all experience, it's, it's definitely uh, scary. And yeah. uh, I do feel responsible to make a better impact, more positive mm-hmm. impact on this, like, for this planet we only have one sure we only have one and we gotta save some for our i mean individually we could do only the best we can like let's say you know properly putting our garbage and all that sort of stuff but really this is more of a legislature thing of countries to make sure that they don't i mean i think about west virginia and coal you know the reason why coal is still going on is because a lot of those um the people who live there they work in these coal mines or whatever which is extremely dangerous and is horrible for the pollution and all that sort of stuff but Politicians are like, well, I don't want to step on anyone's mm. foot, so let me just keep it going. Yeah. And, of course, that happens in China as well, you mm, know, yes. like wanting to keep business going instead of the environment. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, on a more lighter note, so 13-year-old Alina Anale is the youngest to be going to medical school. Yeah. And wow. it is such a success story. But I said, oh, my God, I feel like such a... <laughs> <laughs> oh man! What was I doing at, was I doing at thirteen? <laughs> Playing uh, not Nintendo for me. It was uh, Atari twenty six hundred. Atari twenty six hundred. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was going on. Also, uh, so Tony Dow passed away, mm. and then there was a the news. Oh, no, wait a minute. He's not dead. He's alive. Mm. And then he, he, you know, there was an official news that he did uh, pass away. So, but for those who um, saw uh, Leave it to Beaver, he was right. the uh, Wally Cleaver. So mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting, you know, the need to get the news out as quickly as possible, even if it's not confirmed. <laughs> There's something about that. There's kind of a jumping of the gun mentality there for is. a news cycle the, these days. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, it, it, it harkens back to um, the fact that we have this technology at our fingertips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember when Michael Jackson passed away in 2008. Yeah. And nobody wanted to confirm it. It was like, well, we think he's dead. He's, well, you know, we're getting whatever. And then TMZ was like, listen, he's dead. We just put it yeah. out there. So I don't know if there's a need to be first. Uh, I don't need my news to be the first. I do need it, I do need it to be accurate. Yeah, that's mm. what I always appreciate. And I think that's yeah. what, even go, what goes into the realm of theater, right? We're always like searching for accuracy and being as, mm-hmm. you know, just on point as possible. And yet, mm-hmm. there's always this kind of need to be like, you know, well, we got to get this done right now. Or mm. we got to do, do this first in mm-hmm. order to, you know, make sure that we at least have a basis. And it's just like, well, if we take our time... We're accurate. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, exactly. Also, another news. Um, oh, this is, I don't know if it's funny or whatever, but a pastor was uh, preaching and gunman came in and robbed him. He had a million dollars worth of jewelry on his possession, uh, draped on, on his him, person? On his person while he was what? preaching and he got robbed. This happened in New York. And I have a good friend of mine, a guy named Craig Dickerson from uh, Texas. We had a podcast called um, You Gotta Have Faith. Christian podcast, and we talked about prosperity religion. I, I don't know if you've ever heard of prosperity religion. It's this concept, I don't agree with it at all, uh-huh. that God wants you to be rich. Be as uh. rich as possible. <laughs> and it comes okay. from, I, I, I'll t- I, I can talk at nausea about the fourth great awakening, but uh, basically mm. there was an awakening in America where you had televangelists, and they were telling people, well, you know, God, I want you to be rich because God wants you to be rich and, you know, you are prosperous. I don't even know what Bible verse comes from, but I think this guy, this pastor, was, I guess, you know, blinged out 
right. to show his parishioners that, you know, this is it. It goes totally against, you know, the, the teachings of Christ. You know, I'm, I'm not going to make this to a religious thing, but, mm. you know, this it, it, it was really bizarre. It's it's ridiculous. And it's, it's one of those things. <clears throat> but, you know... <laughs> There, there's something to that, too, in terms of, like, the do unto others, right? I mean, yeah. we're all kind of living in this world, and yet, you know, do people really need to be a lot more rich than somebody else? I mean, I'm very much of the mindset that there is something to that. And my father, even before uh, he passed away, he said something to to the effect of, uh, if God is uh, so powerful, why does he need money? Mm. Oh, for a preacher saying, hey, you know, I'm going to pass the plate. I remember going to a church. They were like, okay, we're going to pass plate one more time. It was like the third time. <laughs> exactly. Why does God need all this money? Or is it you that needs mm. all this money, in, yeah. is my opinion. I mean, you know, that was just one of those like, wow, that actually is kind of an interesting, provocative question for yeah. me. Yeah. And the Fourth Great Awakening, you know, this televangelism merged with politics when 1968, Nixon went yeah. to a church and basically says, listen, quid pro quo, I'll vote for your, you know, whatever you want. You give me the vote. Give me the and vote. it was really the first time a Republican went to like the Deep South. And in 1968, I mean, this is getting into politics and history or whatever. <laughs> but that's when a mass majority of Southerners, Southern Democrats who would never vote Republican because of the Civil War, right. vote in mass for Republican. And that's the origin of the far right that we're mm. dealing with right now. Mm-hmm. And it ties into today's politics. I mean, Trump, he says he's going to run again in 2024. Uh, and it's does he actually have to admit then that he lost 2020 by doing that (laughs) now Kim I have a question for you because in talking with you earlier I think you came to America five years ago four years ago yeah in 2016 right when Mm -hmm. the 2016 election was going on yeah that must have been a hell of a uh, introduction to America at that time I mean how did you feel um, just about you know what was happening politically Honestly, when I first came, I really didn't care much about it because yeah. this is not my country. Like, you know, I'm, I have my own president back in my home country. So yeah. Yeah. that was my mindset. That time is there a democracy in South Korea? Yeah. Okay. okay. But, uh, but uh, I, yeah, my friends, we were all watching this election together. And yeah, my friends, they were really upset. Yeah. They, right. yeah, they started crying. Some of them started crying. Some of them just left the house, the apartment that we were together. And, uh, yeah, some of them were saying, oh, I'm going to move to Canada. Like, that was all, like, you know, all out there. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, like, I, I didn't understand the, the degree of that. Like, you yeah. know, that. Well, I emotions. imagine you didn't know who, did you know who Donald Trump was at all? No, I didn't. Actually, um. I got to know him after. But I know, like, Trump, to- like, Trump Hotel, the tower. So I was oh, like, sure. oh, you that's sure. him. Celebrity. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I could connect that la- after the election. Yeah. Right. And, uh, but after that, as a immigrant here, I, I saw impact. I saw like that impact happening on myself mm. and all these little kids that were separating. I, I think you guys were talking about it with John Carlo last uh, yeah. episode yeah. and all that. I was like, oh my God, is this really happening? And, yeah. Uh, and, and what is your experience has definitely been, especially from seeing it initially into seeing him lose and all yeah. that. What, what have your experiences been since then? Well, I felt relieved after, mm. you know, after he was, I, I honestly, I was surprised actually that I, I'm still here after that. <laughs> oh, as far as immigration. Mm. Yeah. Well, we're we're going to go into an origin story. So maybe this is a good transition. This is a good transition for us. How did you, okay, so you were born in Korea. Um, before you came to America, what was your perception of America when you were there in Korea? 
it's a cool place. Freedom. Yeah. You know, those are the things that popped up in my head. Yeah. Do you have any siblings? Yeah, I have an old, older sister. Okay. And uh, she's still there? No, she's actually in Paris right now. Oh. Uh, she was here. She was in San Francisco when I first moved here. Mm-hmm. And uh, she then later moved to Paris. Now uh, she's there. But uh, growing up in Korea... Uh, yeah, America is such a cool place because I grew up watching Disney, you know, ah. That's So Raven, you know. Like <laughs> ah, I see. <laughs> so it's like a cool place, you know, like uh, all the kids are not uh, forced to study so much. It seemed like, you know, Mean oh. Girls when I watch it, like, oh, that high school looks so cool. <laughs> you know, my high school is not that cool, you know. <laughs> uh-huh. Now, were you involved in theater? I mean, did when did the theater bug bite you? Was it when you were younger or, or older? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was always in sort of a theater environment growing mm-hmm. up. When I was little, I was in this like musical team. I don't even remember. I just remember from like, you know, seeing my family photos and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't remember oh, being nice. a part of the team, but I was really, really young. And mm-hmm. my mom was just all about like putting me in the theater. You know, So from ha- a very early age, yeah. she approached it. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's rare because I've heard we've had a lot of uh, Asian um Actors and actress, and usually it's the other way around where the parents are like, no, 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 we want you to focus on, you know, being a doctor or a lawyer or, you know, doing the fundamental stuff to bring in the money and all that sort of stuff. But it sounds like your family was welcoming you. Well, to be that involved was in the arts. my dad. That my dad was all about that. I yeah, see. and uh, my mom was. She's always like, "Oh, do what you gotta do. Do what you wanna do." You know, mm-hmm. and she. I think it also has to do with her own fear of being on stage and doing oh, like I public see. speaking. Yeah, oh. and she didn't want her children to grow up to be like that. So I think she would really tried to like yeah. make me and my sister like now were you actually did you actually perform because I, I i picture you as only being someone backstage but w- were you actually yeah, on stage that's that's very correct because right now i can never be on stage i hate getting spotlight i i just can't do that anymore but yes when i was little like mm. i just i just love that energy being on stage ah. getting the lights and like just seeing those crowds like you know enjoying the moment sharing the moment you, you know like on sitting stage. back and yeah letting it happen and yeah. being in control of it i just yeah it's just the you know we we all spend so much time for that one moment and mm-hmm. that energy piles up and that's the moment that mm-hmm. i can like exercise that energy and i see the reaction like live mm-hmm. and that gives me like energy you know that energy comes back to me in such mm-hmm. a way so i just i was just having so much fun and uh, like musical that's how i started but after i did ballet i did like yeah wow awesome and like play i was in like play uh team and until like elementary school so you sing and dance i did i did and that's just that's not me anymore that's just someone like completely different i would say that yeah really so you wouldn't think it was a concept of like kind of hopping on a bike like you couldn't just pick it right back up again oh no no i'm completely disconnected from it i mean i would sing i mean i was singing on the way here like Uh driving but i would never be able to do that in front of anyone or you know on stage especially i mean you see me when i was filling up a spot for oh oh yeah a rod or or some of the you know every every now and then an actor wouldn't 
would not be able to come on uh, the stage. I mean, they'd be they'd be off, or they'd be um, I don't know sick or something like that, and Kim would fill in. Right. Yeah. But also, I see. I mean, even when you were backstage, you know, like let's say when the audience is applauding or something like that, you know, you'd be jumping up and down. So oh, yeah. I knew that you are taking in the energy, even just being off stage. So yeah. it's interesting that you don't. I mean, some people have that energy. It's like I've got to be on stage. I've got to be on stage, and some don't. Um, So I totally understand. Talk about how you came to America. I mean, uh, did you, I've talked with a lot of friends and usually it takes a, uh, either a student visa. I mean, did you apply Mm -hmm. for school to come here? Yeah, yeah. Got it. So first time I came here, it was for exchange program. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was through school from Mm -hmm. uh, the college in Korea. They had uh, this like sistership with uh, San Francisco State University. Oh, wonderful. Nice. Yeah. And at that time, my sister was going to San Francisco State University. So I was like, this is perfect. I'm Mm -hmm. just going to go try out. And um, I was taking theater courses in Korea too in my college. And I did not really enjoy, I didn't really it, it just didn't work with me. And okay. then I was like, why not I try it here? So I signed up for a theater program at SFSU. Mm-hmm. Took a two, two semesters, so one full mm-hmm. year there. Now, was Aureen one of your teachers? No, not at that time. Okay, Aureen's, got it. Uh, came a lot later after okay. I graduated from SFSU. Um, but yeah, after those like exchange program, I just loved it so much. Uh, I got to know about this position as like a stage manager and uh, because I actually, actually I came here to do scenic design at oh. first. Now talk about that. Why, um, why the change or why did you, um, why, why did that draw your attention? Uh, so back in Korea, when I was in college, I was <clears> studying <throat> interior design with the hope that one day I'll be a scenic designer. Mm-hmm. And I took like, I was in school for three years and that process was just really, really difficult for me. Mm-hmm. Just being creative, like that's something that I learned that's not within myself. Like mm-hmm. it's a mm-hmm. completely different talent, I think, and a skill set. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was just like a difficult thing. Not so much fun anymore. It was mm. just like, I'm just like, pulling my hair, at, you oh, know, nice. like try to create something. Because it's like part of the assignment. I got to bring something and, you know, create something out of yeah. nothing. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. I don't know. It's I'm not having fun. Yeah. It can cause a level of stress. Yeah. 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 But I still wanted to be in theater somehow. Mm-hmm. And then mm. that's when I like found out about stage manager where I can be in theater but not have to be so creative like yeah. designers or actors well creative on my own way how to create build this spreadsheet sure and you know Definitely. how to keep track of you know or how to stay organized in a creative way yeah but that was more uh, suitable for me okay and, uh, you know it's interesting I've told the story beforehand, but when I was at NYU studying for acting, I needed to supplement because New York, even back then, was very expensive. And so I started doing stage managing and I had a whole I have a whole resume of stage managing. Um, And so the story that I have is that in my second year. I did something foolish. I had I I was also working for the graduate law school, and I had my first paycheck, which is only like three hundred, four hundred dollars, and I blew it all. Three cart money. I don't know if you heard about three cart oh, money. Oh yeah. So they're these street hustlers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they'll have three uh, playing cards: uh, two uh, black, like a king of diamonds, or mm-hmm. I'm sorry, king of clubs, or a king of spades, and then let's say a queen of hearts. Black will put you back. Red will put you ahead. Mm-hmm. And so he'll you know huffle it. <laughs> 
You put your money down. If you pick the wrong card, then the money's gone. The money's gone. If you put your pick the right one, then you get it. To make a long story short, I blew my entire paycheck within a matter of seconds. Oh. I was I was on break <laughs> for going to class, and I had to pay my rent to this very very tough Trinidadian woman who was like, "Boy, I will I will throw your ass out. Mm-hmm. I don't care." So I grabbed the Village Voice, and I was like, "Oh my God." I need to get a job and I need to find something really quick right now. Mm. Luckily, there was a theater company who needed a stage manager. The minute I came in to do the to the interview, they were like, "We're hired. Listen, we're opening in an hour. You, you know, sweep oh. the stage, do this, do that. You're hired." <laughs> I'm like, "Hey, I need the money right now." It's like, "Here it is." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god, thank you so much." I mean, I mean, nearly went to shock when I lost the money. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if everyone has ever gone through being hustled. It's mm. interesting how desperate you can be when it comes to money and things like yeah. that. And I mean, so. Talk about being thrown into the fire, Reg. I, I, you know, my stage managing experience was in uh, at Berkeley at Theater First. Yeah, and I was, I thought I was thrown into the fire. Not, not anywhere compared to that. But um, I had to learn stage managing in six weeks' time to put on a show, and I was like. I have no idea what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what any of these knobs or switches means. You're telling me to do, you know, to uh, form show where the light cues, sound cues happen. Yeah, and I'm oh. and I'm going, huh? <laughs> I, I, I'm an actor. You do realize this? Yeah. Like, I don't know what this stuff means without any formal kind of training. Yeah, and yeah. you know what's interesting about that? A lot of theater companies they don't really know, or they may not appreciate. All the things the stage manager does, they sort of like, hey, listen, you're hired as a stage manager, just figure it out. You know, you're the administrative assistant. You know, I, there is chaos. Make it into order. I don't know mm-hmm. how you're going to do it, but just do it. Just do it. Yeah. You know, you if you, I need you to do blocking. I don't know how you're going to do the blocking, but do it. I need you to be on book. Just be on book. I need you to figure out how to do the light cues, sound cues, mm. and manage all of the folks who are going to be doing it, unless you're doing it yourself. Sometimes as a stage manager, you're doing the light cues, yeah. the sound cues, you're yep. mopping the floor, you're managing the attitudes of the actors, sometimes mm-hmm. the tech. I remember one time I, I did a uh, stage managing thing in New York, the Italian Repertory Theater Company. Mm. The owner says, everybody's going to be paid opening night. And he lied. Oh! <laughs> and people were paid closing night, and the actors were going to walk out. Of course and I had to were. be like, no, 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 no. I mean, let's, hey, we'll figure it out. We'll you know, let's come out. on, y'all. Yeah. We'd spend two months rehearsing. Let's do this thing. So there's a lot of hats to, to fill. Right. Do you, you, would you, I'm sure you would agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely uh, agree. Uh, and it, yeah, stage management like can seem replaceable yeah you know like yeah. it can seem like you don't need a special like skill to do that mm-hmm. and yeah it's compared to like designers or actors i do think that like yeah other people like not mm-hmm. experienced professionally can fill in that spot i i mean anyone can fill in that spot but really like it does require that ability to wear many different hats and yeah. being able to juggle a lot of things being able to to be a key communicator to create mm-hmm. that atmosphere yeah. for everybody. And so. to have an organized mind. Right. Organized mind, right. as well as just being able to be so, I'd, I'd even say calm, because being a stage manager can be very stressful. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And you're going between uh, and can, a number feel free of people. To eat. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah, have at it. There's a number of snacks here. Thank um, you. But yeah, there, there's, you're, you're, you're constantly communicating with the director, the designers, the actors, everybody, to make sure that everything is finding a point 
point. And as you're saying, Reg, just you make sure it's make sure you do it. It's chaos right now. It's a it's a sorted mess. Make sure you clean it up. Yeah, yeah. And it's very thankless. And, our, too. and so I uh, about a couple of years ago. I witnessed a stage manager getting fired. As a matter, well, they, I've, oh. I've had some a couple of instances where stage managers were fired, but there was one stage manager, and I felt so bad for her. She was 21 years old, oh my goodness. just really young, but she made a um, a scheduling mistake, which really affected tech. Oh. And oh, no. we only had like uh, we only had like three days of tech, and so everything had to be really, really on point. And it's a musical, so there's a musical director, there's the orchestra pit, there's the actors, there's the tech handling the uh, the microphones or whatever. Very I'm doing specific. you know mixing or whatever, and she had screwed up, and it sort of you know derailed. One person was told to come in, and he didn't. He was supposed to come in, and he didn't come in. And the owner was like, see you later, you're gone. And I knew that just totally destroyed her. So it, it, I guess it emphasizes the importance of uh, the stage manager, especially if you're doing, I mean, there's some productions where it looks and it's only like two or three people. I've done stage managing. I had to hardly have to lift a finger. Oh, really? I, I remember wow. doing um, uh, Central Works. No, not Central Works. It was Off-Broadway West. Uh, we were doing Master Harold and the Boys. Three characters. Wow. Mm-hmm. And the set never changes. It mm. stays exactly the way it is. So and I just very... needed to set everything up. I'm in the booth and let the actors go. Mm. And it was Lamont Rigel and Anthony Rollins Mullins, uh, really, really to- top of the notch actors. Yes, they and are. And so it was like, oh, this is a breeze. Mm. But then I remember doing a show. It was a barbershop in Pittsburgh. And it's funny, Kim, because our show, N.A. Dallas, said, dealt with a lot of food. Mm-hmm. And I remember a barbershop in Pittsburgh. There were tons of food mm-hmm. that to prepare a massive uh, um, uh, cast of like nine. And I remember wow. just doing so much. And luckily I had an assistant stage manager helping me out. Mm-hmm. You didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that even leads me to my question. Have, have you worked a lot just as your sta- stage manager on your own? Have you even had the benefit of being able to have assistants? No, I've actually mm. never had an uh, assistant yeah. yet. Uh, I mean, I'll sort of helped you out. And yeah, you know, if you needed help, exactly. you help. But, but I'm sure there were a lot of times. And that's another thing that I want to ask. I'm, you know, when the rehearsal's over, the actors gets to go home and we're chilling or maybe we'll do some line readings or just work on lines. But basically, that's it. But stage manager, mm. you've got a lot of work to do right. even when yeah. rehearsal's not going on, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely uh, wrapping up uh, the rehearsal space and just yeah. the whole show is part of my job. Yeah. So I don't really find that like, oh, everybody gets to rest and I, I'm still working. No, it is it is my job, you know, and I take it very seriously. That, Yeah, and and also making sure that actors are comfortable to do what they need to do is also my job. Yeah, that definitely. Definitely, uh, I do want to make that space clean. I do want to clean it up and set it up for tomorrow, the next rehearsal or the next show, mm-hmm. and checking in with them how they're doing. So, like... Yeah, that all comes with it, like with my job uh, responsibilities, also something that I enjoy doing, you know, like this time too, it, it, it did involve a lot of food. Yes, and it did. It, mm. it was fun. It was actually like at first when we didn't know what that was going to be or what that was going to look like, it was a little. I was a little nervous because oh I don't know what to expect, right? Right, absolutely. We all didn't know what to expect, but right. uh, when when it, yeah, when it, we start getting the actual food props and working with them, uh, it was just fun setting it up. I felt like it was my my own kitchen. That's what I was like joking around. <laughs> I was just awesome. like show yeah. up early and then yeah. like start putting my gloves on yeah. and take my knives yeah. out and then like. And you had the luxury of having Ollie. 
as yeah. the playwright and producer, also helping out. He brought in food. He had the play. He had the um, Irene helped out. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of stage managers. You know, they're told, "Hey, this is your assignment. I'm not doing yeah. anything at all. Do it." Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. I do. I definitely appreciate like the the vibe we had like yes. at, at Bindlestiv, and not only just Irene uh, or uh, Ollie. They were amazing, and there was there was uh, Marissa also mm-hmm. helping Ampon, out. Yeah, yeah, and also the the cast. You guys too, like all the actors were like part of it. We uh we had Sunshine, mm-hmm. uh, helping me during transition to like wrap it up, and you you as well. Like you were always like making sure you know double checking with me. So like everybody was like oh, on sure. board together. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. Um. So you haven't had any. I wanted to get back into school. Norman and I, we've had. During our episodes of the Yay, talking about school, the yings and yangs of it, because, you know, like I, you know, got a lot out of school. There are a lot of individuals who learned without school and some have had really traumatic, bad experiences in school where they came in with a joy of theater and they sort of stripped down into, you know, oh, my God, this is so frustrating and so intimidating or whatever or you're told no everything you've learned is horrible so just wipe it out of your system have you had Mm. any bad experiences through the school like you said you went to sf state Mm -hmm. was it a positive experience oh yeah definitely good that's good yeah uh sf state uh not only the the professors but Mm -hmm. also like the fellow you know the classmates and like students all very like very collaborative it's a collaborative team yeah the the shows that we work together we do it so that we feel it feels like a professional theater yeah and um also like i i had no knowledge no no experience like as a stage manager in theater Mm -hmm. until i came here so knowing like learning all that basics and also there is like a manner that exists in theater right the manners that we the etiquettes that we need we all should have in mind that's interesting yeah yeah and that something like you know like a common sense but also there's something very specific geared towards to uh, to theater so those things that i learned from school was definitely helpful that i still uh, apply in my professional like you know career in the theater yeah that's the great thing about school. I mean, I actually uh, am going to be attending SF State. I've uh, put in oh. a year at SF State now, and this will be my uh, third semester. And I absolutely love the theater department there. I've been having just such a great time with uh, some of the professors. Yeah. They're just really amazing. Um, actually, one of them who I will give a shout out to, Laura Waith. Uh-huh. She was uh, one of my first professors who taught me in an acting workshop. And there, it, she was incredible. She could she could see kind of my disconnect as an artist Uh and she said you know there's something not quite clicking here and i can definitely tell and Mm. it wasn't until like i came in and really did a lot of work on a piece that she was just said that's the most connected i've ever seen you and that was really beautiful work Mm. and there's something about sf state's theater department it's pretty cool if i can also second on it for sure yeah it is i i really enjoyed uh, every moment there Uh, and uh yeah professors they're they're all in they're all like in there to like help the students and they want the students to grow their passion and like continue their career yeah that's important there are some uh i've heard professors from other schools where i don't know they're they're failed actors or they're i don't know they have some sort of a seems like bitterness or just yeah like just kind of yeah they haven't found success that they wanted in acting so then they kind of turn their negativity yeah they may have resentment for younger people who are 
the, in their future is there yeah. that, they, that they don't have. So now, did you stage manage while you were at SF State? Did you yeah. do some shows there? Yeah, I did. Okay. My first one was uh, was musical Chicago as a ah, as a stage nice. manager. Oh, mm-hmm. It was one of the biggest show that SF State had thrown. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Do, do you remember how many people were a part of the cast? Uh, it was got to be at least fifteen. Yeah, yeah, it feels. It was so. more than that because right. we had like a live orchestra too. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was a big, big show, and mm-hmm. that was my first one. So yeah. Yeah. It can be intimidating, absolutely. Yeah. Now, have you had to work lights and sound or anything like that at the booth? Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I was working uh, for Troop Theater, uh, uh, and we had a show at X. Exit theater. The exit. Yeah, right exit on. theater. Exit main yeah. stage, exit stage left. Which which exit? Exit has uh, at least three yeah. s- stages. Oh, the wow. one that's mm-hmm. like on the right side when you enter in. I, I don't on the right that. side? Or like straight down the hall. Yeah, I think that's main stage. Mm-hmm. Oh, the bigger, the main stage is like on the left oh, side of Yeah, the there's exit stage left, there's exit main stage. And then there's one that Custom Made is doing ex- exit at, the, at, the, at Taylor, which is a totally different building. Oh. oh my goodness! Oh. <laughs> I, I did not know that. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, the layouts—you don't up, know this. Yeah, yeah. Going straight to the theater. Yeah, I didn't but even I think you did. I think you did main ones. stage. Oh, yeah. That that time uh, I did a little bit of like lighting design, mm-hmm. and then uh-huh. of oh, course like good. yeah, operation too. Yeah, uh, it was cool. I mean, like being in a theater. The best side, one of the best side, is that like I get to learn so many things. You know, yeah. I get to like as if like I'm collecting this like skills when you know when you're playing game, you're yeah. collecting this like skills. Yeah, like it feels just like that in theater, you know, like like, yeah, it can be stressful having to do like things that that you're not uh, you're not used to. You know, you need to definitely get out of your comfort zone to be able to, you know, to work this out. But it's awesome. You know, like, well, where would I ever learn about this? You know, like otherwise I would have to go to school or, you know, learn from like someone Mm -hmm. like, you know, pay money to learn or something, but I get paid and then learn so many things. Yeah. Also, no, No, it's awesome. You should prepare yourself because you will have some bad experiences. Oh yeah. yeah. They're just going to be some directors who either are tyrants or they, you know, they, they're going to ask you to do things that, you know, um, are maybe inappropriate or, mm. you know, downright impossible. You know, I need this prop. You know, what is the prop? Oh. Or let's say one of the issues that I've had as a stage manager was asking to, to be told to get a prop and I have to pay for it and then I'm reimbursed later on, mm. assuming that I have the money to do it. Assuming oh, that you have the money yeah. to do that. I, I've definitely had, I mean, you know... I, being a stage manager was fulfilling in the time that I was able to do it because, you know, I was able to learn things, as you said. And at the same time, it, it, I've had such a negative taste in my mouth because of it, because actually a friend of mine who no longer uh, lives in the Bay Area, she just had a lot of ne- negative experiences and she just mm. doesn't want to stage manage ever really again. So yeah. and this is somebody who I keep in touch with. There are a lot of personalities mm-hmm. that you have to deal with. And that's a question I'll ask you, Kim. Um I mean, you you know, in Bendelstiff, you know, there's a wonderful, wonderful person who everyone's on the same page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, it, it's really, really, and Bendelstiff works really, really hard to make sure that there's a wonderful, loving environment. You don't yeah. always get that in theater. Mm-hmm. Are you prepared? I don't know if you've ever had to deal with this in school or if your professor even talked about it. The fact that you will have to deal with different personalities mm. and right. you may have to manage those personalities. Yeah, well... I think it's even at a at Bindlestiff or wherever we go, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're all different and like theater people very different from one another, you know, like it's it's 
something that has to happen and that's why it's so cool to see all those people different you mm -hmm. know from one another making one show together trying yeah. to be on the same page like putting their effort to make this one beautiful show together mm -hmm. but definitely mm -hmm. uh being a stage manager in that sense is it is difficult because it is part of my job to create one unity right mm -hmm. um and, uh, well, it should be collaborative. I mean, it shouldn't it should be all be. on the stage manager. Right. It should be really the director. Usually the very first rehearsal, a director will say, hey, listen, this is who I am. This is the play that we're doing. This is my vision. And this is how I want everything to go. And once you have that foundation, and if the person sticks to that foundation, then everything is, is fantastic. Um, you know, there will be times. But, but I guess what you're yeah. saying is, you're fully prepared to deal with someone, uh, you know, who may not have, not be on the same page. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I will take that as like a challenge that I need to overcome to make that happen. Uh, you know, I, mm -hmm. I would like to personally learn more about like how to make that more, like how to make that work better in a harmonious way with, mm -hmm. with even with the people that doesn't click that you know because mm -hmm. i don't get to choose nobody gets to choose like the people that we work with you know we just right. end up together yeah that is so, true even like, in the even in the um auditions you don't know <laughs> who you're casting right that is a very tr true statement yeah. i mean you know when when it comes to auditions you're just looking at so many different people and there's some that like they definitely land in a certain way and it's just like oh that actually sounds kind of cool oh that might need some work and oh that one was just it didn't feel like it landed at all yeah, yeah. so yeah you have to but, be able to work yeah. together like that and the person and you're talking about you know like how how you are as a person and you know i think being even killed i think a lot of the state managing jobs that i've got gotten or that I that let's say someone was was happy with what I was doing was because of my low-key attitude I had one director who was like Jimmy's late where's Jimmy mm. and I'm like well I've texted him and I've mm -hmm. called him and mm -hmm. he's I guess he's running late well why isn't he here it's your job to be I'm like listen he's not mm. and I'm like going through this back and forth mm. but then later on he's like after the show's over I gotta have you again. You know, you're, mm. you're fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And there's times where like that can leave a negative kind of taste in my mouth. Yeah. If mm. somebody's kind of like you know saying that you know I, mm. you know this person should be here, I'm just like, well, I can't teleport. And, you know, yeah. like just transfer them immediately to the stage. Yeah. They're right. get here when they get yeah. here. Because tensions are high. I mean, we're doing exactly. one show. Mm -hmm. Where um, and I was mixing the board as well as stage managing, mm -hmm. and the director who was a very high-energy person. He was very, I don't know what the personality trait is, but he was just on pins and needles. He's like, Super wired, kind you know, of neurotic. You know, bring her up, bring her up, bring her down. Mm. <laughs> you right. know, what's going on or whatever. And he was never satisfied, even when we set the levels. Oh. <laughs> Fascinating. That happens, yeah. That, yeah. that oftentimes happens. And, like, on that note, like, us, like, you know, we don't know what type of, director we're going to work with or work for. That's exactly right. So Absolutely. like it's also our job to adapt to like different style of directing every single, you know, theater production. So Yeah. It's 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 fun. It's like a roller coaster. Sometimes <laughs> like you get lucky, you I'm land glad, with I'm glad like, you have that that type of personality. I mean, yeah. I did it for a while and then I I mean, the acting bug bit me and I was like, "Hey, I got to get back on stage." But I'm glad you brought up the interview process with the director cuz this deals with business. You know, there's someone yes. who may want to be a stage manager. And just being hired, um, maybe one thing, but as do you have, I don't know if it's been talked to you when you were in school, but how do you manage, like, let's say 
knowing what your worth is. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say someone may hire you. I'm going to hire you, Kim, $200, and I want you to do, I don't know, a five-week run, and we're going to rehearse for two, two months mm-hmm. or whatever. I mean, that's lowballing mm-hmm. it. I mean, have you thought about what your value is as a person? Yes, yes. That's actually something that recently I've been, like, putting a lot of my mind into. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm new to this, and also with that mindset, I was always, like, whatever, you know, whatever it comes to me, I'll just take it, you know? It's mm-hmm. all about, like, learning mm-hmm. and experience. I, I still feel the same way, so, like, money's not a big factor when it comes to, like, theater work t- to me. Also, beca- also that can happen because I have another job that can support myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Good for you. Uh, but wherever you go, it's not only in the theater. I think everybody should have some time to think what my value is and to be able to set boundaries. Yeah. And that, that's really important, not because I want to take what I want to take, and not only because of that, mm-hmm. but also just to clearly let them know what I'm capable of within, you know, right. that, within uh, those provided resources. You know? Yeah. And as your resume builds, you'll have more um, leverage to mm-hmm. say, hey, listen, I've worked here, I've worked there, yeah. so you mm-hmm. know that I'm good. Yeah. So, yes, thank you for hiring me, but this is what I want. Yeah. Yep. And this is what I'm worth. Yeah. Jake, I was going to ask you, I may have asked you this in the other podcast, but sure. have you as an actor and also, you know, in other things, have you had, to, I don't know, maybe difficult, we were talking just before Mike about a particular theater company. I was like, hey, listen, I chose not to work with that theater company because they were going to only pay me $100 to do, you know, a, a very long run of a show and right. you know that's not cool it's not mm. cool yeah you know i haven't uh experienced that as of yet but at the same time you know i know for myself as an actor what my worth is as well mm. and so i know what i'm going to give to a show and i know who i'm going to be i mean you know i had the benefit of working a two-day workshop with the magic right on. and that was and that was really cool and a yeah. great experience i mean that, that alone is value that alone yeah. is value to me i mean the magic to me is one of the most magical places for myself because there's something that i always love about even just going over to the magic barding there and even walking there mm-hmm. which is actually it's it's a it's a trek it's a bit a little, it's a bit of a yeah. slog there it's at the mason the uh, mason fort mason fort mason theater yeah mm-hmm. and it is definitely at least uh two miles away from the nearest bart station yeah oh. and i and i will walk there because there's something about that for me but yeah but yeah there's definitely one of those kind of things as a, as an actor and a performer, like, you know, okay, like, can I actually afford to do this? If mm-hmm. I can afford to do it, great. Then I will do it. But at the same time, you know, I do have to ha- have, as you said, boundaries. I, yeah. I love that because you have to understand your boundaries. There is actually a question burning on my mind for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you definitely experienced, Kim, in terms of the difference between American theater versus Korean theater? Oh, oh, cool. Well... Korean theater. Well, I the, the experiences I had was like when I was very little, so sure. I I didn't I don't have much like uh, insight or any like thoughts or opinions about Korean mm. uh, theater. Is there a honest. modern Korean theater? I mean, I, I've I've heard of K. We've all heard of K-pop, right. which is not necessarily theater, but necessarily. there is sort of an Americanization, or you know, they've taken a little bit of American culture and, yeah. and put it into the music. Maybe that's going on in when theater. I don't know, but is there a sort of yeah, definitely. There are mm-hmm. like theater scenes in Korea, not as big as America, mm-hmm. uh, but there are okay. definitely. And there's like a little, little theaters gathered together in very one specific area in Seoul, the capital. Mm-hmm. So that's where many of the like famous actors that we see now and on the movies come oh, from. Okay. And then, yeah, so there are the uh, the theater industries existing in Korea, but definitely like K-pop is a lot more that's drawing. All the other like, kind of na- yeah, uh, international attention. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. And uh, 
not such a I wouldn't say it's so big in Korea, to be honest, about like when it comes to theater, theater mm, that we're mm-hmm, talking about, yeah. which is another reason why I feel more comfortable learning here because there's, uh, it's definitely, um, the at least the education wise that I experience, it's way more structured mm. uh, because Understood. there are more uh, demands and interests yeah. that which allows uh, you know the those like educational organization to build that structure uh, more properly. Yeah, because the experience I had in Korea when I was like studying theater very briefly, but it was just seemed like all over. It seemed a little too all over for me. Like, yeah. mm. I, I, this is not what I want. I know like there are basic training that I need to do, but why is this like? Why are we jumping into this right now when we right. don't know what we want to do in theater? Theater is such a big. You know, big field. There are so many yeah. different branches that you can go. Yeah. And why is it all mingled up? That was the question that I had. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. I was I was reading a couple of days ago because I was asking myself, why do we? Why is there an American theater? Of course, we borrowed a lot from England, and yeah, of course, the origins of theater. This gets into theater history. There's, you know, in Rome or uh, I think no Greek theater. Uh, the Greeks would worship Dionysus, the god of fertility. I, did you study all this in, in school? I, I do remember <laughs> a little bit, but uh, as a refresher, yes. yes. So Dionysus, of course, because you know the Greeks wanted to have a good harvest, and so not yeah. understanding, you know, how it all works. If we prayed to the god Dionysus, then he would give us a good harvest, and so they would have these festivals to praise Dionysus, and they would have these readings. One person stepped out to do a reading all by himself. His was Thespis. That's how we get thespian, and that's how we have Greek theater. And mm-hmm. then, of course, we have Aeschylus and Euripides and uh, Oedipus and yeah. uh, morality theater, mm-hmm. where there's a theater that talks about, hey, what's happening in the human development, and it gets into psychology or whatever. Mm-hmm. Wow. But even in America, you know, pre-America, there was a play called Cato, uh, The Death of Cato, The Life of Cato, whatever. But he gives a speech in this in this play, give me liberty or give me death, which yeah. our founding fathers were exposed to. This happened in like the early 1700s okay. before America was born. They had that in their mind in creating the Declaration of Independence. So there's always been a sort of theater uh, in our DNA, in American DNA, mm. whether it be, let's say, musical theater. We're going to see Cats or we're going to see, mm. you know, Oklahoma or the Black Box Theater. Yeah. Where we get to see something really, really cool or whatever. Which uh, a question for you? What type of theater do you like? Oh, well, I'm I'm actually le- like really like just open for anything. I'm yeah. trying to experience as much as I can, especially mm-hmm. like as an immigrant. Like I don't know how much time I have here, right? Like mm. I don't know how much time I can yeah. you know be in America. what's your day job Kim if you don't mind me asking um, I work for this nonprofit uh, in San Francisco called Korean Center so it's okay. a, yeah it's an organization that serves Korean community or like or anyone and that's interested in Korean culture and I do program coordinating oh, right on. so oh, like cool. cultural or language programs that uh, we host I do coordination um, yeah do you t- are you able to take in shows when you're not working either in the theater or I mean do, do you try to like see at least shows all around the Bay Area or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, I try to. I like uh, well, I haven't actually <laughs> much because <laughs> I'm always like my schedule's really like just on the go so much. Just go go go. Yeah, totally. but as, as much as I can have like when whenever I have the opportunity, mm-hmm. I, yeah. So like I'm really open to like 
try new thing and like experience new like these new things. So I don't think I have enough data to say what which theater I prefer. Yeah, I don't know if you were more excited when you did Cats or if you did something like a black box thing like N.A. Dallas say, mm-hmm. or even something mm. smaller like let's say a black box with only two actors. You know, something very very serious. You know, there's some who are drawn to serious plays. Like I like drama. Mm. Comedy, you know, it has to be a really good comedy, which mm. is odd because I'm in a comedy now. Mm. I'm more used to doing the more serious stuff. Mm-hmm. That's just my personality. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but uh, definitely, like, of course, like, Cats is so fun. Musical's fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fun for me. Yeah. I'm like, uh, that kind of sticks with me. You know, I like hum like after the yeah. show for sure. like a whole week or a sure. month, you know, I'm just like so immersed in it. The that. infectiousness yeah. of the song. Yeah, sure. exactly. Sure. But also like a very interactive uh, theater is also fun. I, mm. I've never personally experienced it, but I've seen it like, uh, you know, on the internet. It's like, so, yeah, there are so many and there's like those interactive theaters, always the fun that's like breaking the fourth wall because that's mm. something, I guess, because I've never experienced it mm-hmm. in my theater, like, you know, ex- you know, career. So something that I definitely want to try you know, I want to see how that that's, you know, planned out and how that goes. Yeah. Which brings me to my uh, next question. Where do you see yourself in the future? Do you want to stay in the Bay or I mean, I know I'm not going to get into, you know, immigration issues, you know, mm. whether you can stay or not. But I imagine you'd want to stay uh, in, in America. But do you like would you want to go to New York or go to Hollywood or something like that? Yeah, uh, I do want to stay. I do want to like uh, be in this theater scene in America, mm-hmm. like in the U.S., uh, mm-hmm. as long as this country allows me. And sure, <laughs> sure. And uh, uh, honestly, <laughs> this is actually the, the things that I've been talking about recently a lot to my friends and families that I do want to work with uh, Cirque du Soleil one Cirque day. Cirque du Soleil, oh, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I, Cirque du Soleil is a beautiful show. Oh, my God. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just I, it just blew my mind when I went to watch it like early this year it was my first time watching it like live uh, yeah in person uh-huh. mm. and uh, I was just so <clears throat> occupied during the whole time like seeing like oh my god how, is they, how are they making this happen at, like what's going on behind the scene let me imagine that and like I would love to be a part of this so I can know what's going on absolutely and, like, and help and, coordinate it yeah exactly yeah. and that's like uh, Search of Soleil it's like it's not like it can't be hundred percent staged, right? Like right. there is like risk happening, and then like as a stage manager, like learning how to cope with that, how to like pre- plan that to make it a safe place, like physically and mentally for everybody involved. It's like it's going. It, I feel like it's going to be such a big learning experience for me. I have so, I have a funny Cirque du Soleil story for you. So my mm-hmm. father took me to my first uh, Cirque du Soleil. As a matter of fact, I think my only Cirque du Soleil show uh, when I was four years old. And <laughs> just like you, I was, ah, oh, this is so amazing. And he uh-huh. said, as soon as the show ended, <laughs> <laughs> I fell asleep oh, right funny. away. It was great. Oh, I haven't God. seen the Cirque du Soleil, but I think it's the evolution of like, because the circus is sort of an outdated thing. Yeah. Right. And this is sort of a newer way of introducing the, the circus. And, and um, there's no animals in Cirque du Soleil, no. right? No, no, there's not. Okay, no. good. Which is which is a good thing, I yeah. think. Yeah, definitely. Because, oh, I mean, my friend who I was mentioning, who I was alluding to earlier, uh, she now lives on the East Coast. She actually was, I believe, a participant in the circus. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of the, I, I'm, well, unfortunately, circ- circuses tend to 
definitely not treat their animals well exactly. at all. Right. Exactly. So they have definitely been going away from that, but it's been years of advocating, you know, for animal rights and things yeah. like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. So certainly, it's a good move towards exactly. that. Exactly. And mm-hmm. also another avenue for those who want to get involved in theater but also let's say they they don't do ballet anymore or let's say they mm. used to be acrobats let's right. say uh, former olympic athletes and you yeah. know it's a new venue a new way of yeah uh performing and you know and entertaining an audience so i yeah. think that's very very cool definitely so it sounds like that okay that's what you want to <laughs> i mean that's one of my goals i would love to be a part of the team you hey, know absolutely yeah. yeah that's a way to and and would there be more even uh, that you would want to experience from that as well like i mean Cirque du Soleil being one but like would you want to work on films I mean, and things like that as well films oh i don't know like uh, that's mm. super interesting because my sister actually does like uh, uh production management and film industry and she's is that right uh, in, in france yeah in france and cool. she's a photographer and be- videographer herself wow. so awesome. she's we talk often and mm-hmm. we actually share like how our experiences in our workplaces right and like awesome. it's very similar but also very different because of the personality of one side being live and one side being recorded sure right? sure sure totally and uh i I like I I don't know I just love theater because it because the liveness of it you know because of the energy being live and like yeah. sharing that moment you have to be in that moment to share that so that kind of thing is like what I'm interested in. so I don't know so much about film but uh, Broadway that's another you know like no, sure. like a milestone right that, like, yeah, yeah yeah I mean that would be the creme de la creme you yeah. know of a stage Absolutely. manager right. righty. well we're coming to the one hour mark any last words or whatever that people should know about you? We, uh, man, I've, I've learned so much about you. You know, oh. you used to be a, a dancer, a singer, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you absolutely you haven't been burned out by the stage managing thing. And, Not, uh, yet. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Not hey. yet. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much for having me, uh, mm-hmm. Jake, Reg, and I'm, I'm really happy that we could reconnect after the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I missed the Bendelstiff party, but of course we've been, we've been slammed with five day rehearsals and, you know, it's yeah. been a real marathon. So I'm glad that I can, you know, sort of breathe and I always enjoy the yay and the guests or whatever. And it's great reconnecting Absolutely. with you too. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you so much for having me here. And like, this is a wonderful experience podcast. I'm, I love it. So you're not uh, nervous anymore. <laughs> no, I feel comfortable now. Yay! Like, this is, yeah, this is great. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sorry. Uh, there are a couple of, we'll, we'll get mm-hmm. back to you. There are a couple of birthdays that are going on. Uh, let's say uh, Dale Albright. Uh, mm. His birthday is uh, was yesterday. Dale Albright used to be the, um, he used to run TBA, the Theater Bay Area. Happy belated. Mm. And uh, he and I were on the same stage. We did Skin of Our Teeth. He's also been a director. He's also been a guest of the A. And he and his husband are uh, living in, living the life, doing, you know. I'm hoping they're still involved in theater. But he had been the, um, I'm not sure what his job was at TBA, but I know he, um, I think he was a founder of TBA. And, um, and so he, he, he did a lot of work, especially the TBA um, awards right. and also the grants, the cash uh, grants. Oh, he was writing uh, to, to get yeah, the Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. Making sure that other people get it. So uh, his birthday was yesterday. Happy birthday, Happy Dale. Birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, let's see. 
trying to find out. A good friend of mine, Sean Landry, she's actually in um, L.A. Her birthday is August the 3rd. Uh, she and I were, um, there's a poster right there, a pink poster right next to you, mm-hmm. Jake. Um, Shama Shorts Cross Wire. It's a series of one acts, and she and I were in that. Happy birthday, Sean. Happy along birthday. with uh, her husband, who's also in, involved in theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. And Jesse Moore, uh, another black actor. His birthday is August the 4th. He uh, did a reading of one of my plays, Foreman in Paris. So happy birthday, Jesse. Yay. That is that. And uh, there are a couple of uh, shows that I want to pump. Of course, Norman's show, Back to the Way Things Were, at the San Francisco Mind Troupe. That'll be ending September the 5th. Um, there's a link that we'll have. Also, uh, The Path. That's happening at Biddleson Studios. They're doing a collaboration with the Awesome Theater. That closes tomorrow. No, it closes today. Wow. <laughs> All right. So uh, check that out if you uh, get a chance. Uh, the Golden Thread is doing New Threads reading series. A good friend of mine, Bridget Dunaportman, has a piece in that. That'll be August 9th through the 30th. Uh, Dreaming in Cuban, their last show is tomorrow. That's Central Works. Uh, Gary Graves is directing it. A good friend of ours, Steve Ortiz, is the star of the show. Go see it. He yeah. does a wonderful job. That's right. We and I work with Steve. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. He's an amazing artist in that. Yeah. No, he's excellent. Mm-hmm. So there's a link for that. SF Shakes is doing Much Do About Nothing. Richard Jennings, a good friend of mine, is the composer for that. And also Alan Coyne is in it. Mm-hmm. That'll be running until August the 7th. Uh, speaking of musicals, Follies, uh, one of my favorite musicals by Stephen Sondheim. That'll be at the San Francisco Playhouse. That ends September the 10th. A good friend of mine, Echo Yamamoto, is in that. Go, Echo. Go, Echo. Oh, you know Echo. Mm-hmm. I know Echo. I met her at a stage <laughs> reading in uh, Aurora. She's yeah. a wonderful artist. No, she, no she's awesome. Mm-hmm. Rent, uh, that is being done, another musical, at the Landmark Musical Theater. That, op- that opened July the 9th. It ends August the 14th. A good friend of mine, Marla Cox, is in that. Mm-hmm. I knew Marla because she and I did the musical Cafe. I wrote a little mini musical called Nia, and she was the star of that. Uh, she's fantastic. Wonderful. Also, uh, my play, It's Only a Play, that's at the Altarina Theater, written by Terrence McNally. That'll be uh, opening August the 12th through September the 11th, so check that out. Yeah. Uh, there are a couple of podcasts that I want to pump. Uh, Barry Graves... He has a podcast called The Black Man's Heart, so check that out. Mallory Samara, our consulting producer, her day job is KCBS Radio, and she has a a weekly news podcast called Connect the Dots, so check that out. I'm still going to push Bendelstiff's Fobcast, although they've only done two productions. If I pump it, maybe they'll do a third. (laughs) I'm definitely aware that there are artists who would be wonderful guests, right? So they should do that. Yeah, Yeah. and uh, they they explore a Filipino-American immigrant story, so I want to continue to uh, pump them up for that. Mm -hmm. That is it. Uh, Kim, did you have a good time? Yeah, awesome. I would love to be here again if you guys allow me next oh, time. Sure, um, sure, sure. I'm currently working on a show called Men of God at Shotgun, which will mm-hmm. which will open in September and run yeah. until October second. I'll share the who link. Are, who are some of the actors? Maybe someone. Uh, the actors. Uh, Chuck. Oh, yeah. Huh? Chuck. Uh, Chuck Laxon? Yeah, Chuck. Oh, I'll definitely put cool. that. Yeah. Is Julie in it too? Julie Kawabara? No? No. Maybe not. Okay, no, that's, George, that's her, his wife. Uh, Sharon Chow. Uh, Sharon, Sharon Chow. Chow. Yeah. She's really cool. She's she was amazing. in one of my plays too. Yeah, Alexandra Lee um, and Lauren. 
Lauren, Lauren Garcia? Uh, Garcia. Yeah. Lauren Garcia Lauren is a Garcia. she's a wonderful artist. She's been on the Yay before, and I met her at too. Laney. She's an amazing. World, man. I know, right? <laughs> That's what I love about theater. I know. This is this what is a wonderful so tapestry. Yeah. It's an amazing team. Uh, yeah. Directed by Michelle Talgaro. Okay. Amazing director, and uh, I'll I'll share the link to like. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've got folks. Folks were in that show. I, yeah. You know, I'll, now, folks who are listening to this, if you have a show that you want to pump, please let me know because you. Usually I just go on Craigslist or, I mean, not Craigslist, but I go on Facebook Mm -hmm. or Instagram to see who's got shows up, and then I'll post them. So if you don't see your show, let me know. In any case, uh, we're going to close it up. Um, We're on all podcast apps. If you have an iPhone or an iPad and we're on that purple podcast app, if you are an Android user, you can use the SoundCloud app. We're just going to SoundCloud.com. We're also on Spotify. The A was created by Theater People for Theater People. If you have a show you want to advertise or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know on Twitter. We're at the Yay3. I'm at Red Space Clay. Norman is at Hoosier Hoosier. Uh, Jake, where, where can people find you on Twitter or Instagram? People can definitely find me on Instagram at jking510. I'm also on Facebook at Jake Fong. I did reactivate my accounts, especially after I was a guest on the Yay. And sure enough, uh, Reg referred me to somebody, and that was so cool. So Right on. Right, right on. on. Um, and Kim, where can people find you? Um, I on just Instagram or, or deactivated all my accounts, but, uh, <laughs> but I can uh, reactivate. It's uh, Hyunji Kim ninety five twenty three on Instagram. Yeah, on Instagram. Okay, got it. Oh, before I forget, yay jerseys. Of course, I'm looking at Jake who has his yay jersey on. Thank oh, you, so love much, Jake. yay jersey. <laughs> Please yeah, get that's one. That's awesome. It's a really yeah. cool wow. jersey. It's only uh, thirty dollars. We have black. We have white. If you want the pinstripes, let me know. I can reorder those. It's only $30, and you can Venmo me. Uh, you can hit me up. Um, DM me if you let me know if you want one. That is it. Thank you so much. And we're going to close it up. As Norman and I always say, we got to find, find a, a better, better sign-off. Sign off. And we are out. <laughs> <laughs>